All right. Good evening, High Desert Word Center. What a wonderful night to be together in the house of the Lord. Let's make our way on into the sanctuary, and we are going to get started with our 6 p.m. service. Hey, who had a good time at the intentional parenting class? Looks like they had a great turnout there, and it was awesome to see everybody getting a game plan together for their parenting. That is absolutely uh, what God's will is for us, and so I'm really excited about this class. I know it's going to have some awesome testimonies coming out of it. So we're going to go ahead and um, stand up together tonight. You know, you're welcome. You just sat down. Love you back row. You guys love me? Okay. So we're going to open up tonight, first of all, like we did this morning, we're going to open up in prayer over the nation of Israel. Uh, as you've uh, seen on the news, they are officially at war. And, uh, you know, I've shared a little bit about this this morning. Um, you know, sometimes it's easy to be like, well, I mean, they have conflict all the time. And they have had a lot of conflict. They've been attacked for thousands and thousands of years fighting over this one little piece of land about the size of the state of New Jersey is the entire nation there. Uh, but this is the first time that they are officially at war uh, since 1973 and so this is a really really big deal uh, for uh, you know for the world uh, whether you realize that or not and we we understand that uh, according to scripture the uh, you need to pay attention to Israel in the end times. It has a lot to do uh, with the return of Jesus. And I certainly don't proclaim to be a total expert on uh, eschatology and end times, uh, but I do study it some. And, and all I know is this much is Jesus warned about a lot of these things. And uh, we are to keep our eyes to the sky when this happens. And so this is the best time of your life to be obedient to the word of God, to be in right standing with God, to be in the house of God, reading the word of God with the people of God. Ernest and I were just talking about this and uh, and he was saying what I'm saying. He's like, I woke up and I couldn't wait to get to church. And I'm like, hey, amen. That's exactly right. And so uh, one final thing, well, a couple final things on this, but we know that the land of Israel belongs to the Hebrew people. And we saw that this morning in Genesis 15, where God made a covenant with Abraham and said, this land belongs to you and your descendants. And they've been under, they've been fighting for it ever since it seems like but uh we're gonna pray for them and the book of psalms tells us to pray for the peace of jerusalem so let's do that tonight and then we will do our confession over the united states and we're gonna get into the service from there amen Father, in Jesus' name, Lord, we love you so much, and uh, and we are well aware of uh, the fact that Israel, you said, is the apple of your eye, and Lord, you made a promise to Abraham and his descendants that that land was theirs, and we know that for thousands of years that it's been uh, tried to be stolen away from them and, and, and all these different things, but Lord, we know that in the end, your purpose prevails, and so we pray uh, for victory for the nation of Israel tonight. Lord, we pray that our United States would stay on their side and support them and continue to have their back uh, because we know that if we were to turn our back on them, it would certainly not be good for our nation. And Lord, you told us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. And so we specifically pray for the peace of Jerusalem in Jesus' name. And Lord, we declare victory. And I pray that this wake-up call, this shaking, uh, would get the attention 
of a lot of people, Lord, that are maybe living a lukewarm uh, Christian lifestyle, people that are maybe uh, falling asleep and, and walking away from you. Let this be a wake-up call, and may we take our faith more seriously than ever before. Thank you, Jesus, for victory in Jesus' name. Can someone say amen? Amen. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and speak some words of faith over the United States of America. Let's go. Father, we come to you in Jesus' name and in unity. We confess that Jesus Christ is Lord over the United States of America. We declare that righteousness, mercy, justice, and judgment from you shall prevail. We declare that America will complete her God-given mission to bring the gospel of Jesus Christ to the world. We push back the darkness of Satan from this nation and call for the light of Jesus Christ to invade the media and every home, church, and school, and every town, city, and state of this great nation, the United States of America. In Jesus' name, amen. Give the Lord some praise tonight. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Okay, we're going to get into some announcements for the evening. So uh, who was with us last night for the citywide worship event? Amen. Over at our Midtown Chapel location. I think I got some pictures on there, Doug, if a couple spots in, if you could put those pictures up. But we had a phenomenal time together. Next slide. And we had a phenomenal time last night. We, uh, uh, we, the, the sanctuary was pretty much at maximum capacity, but it was awesome to see Christians from all the different churches get together and worship the Lord under one roof. It was a beautiful time. So we are just nothing but thrilled over, uh, the coming, uh, months ahead as we can begin, uh, a Sunday morning 9 a.m. service over there very, very soon. So amen. Who's excited about this opportunity that God gave? us. Hallelujah. All right, go ahead and you can hit the lights back on. Okay, so uh, let's go through a few announcements here. Ladies, do we have any ladies in the house? Pretty sure we do because I see you. All right. Hey, the women's meeting is this Friday at 630. And so um, Mrs. Pastor is going to be teaching a lesson on women from the Bible. And do you want to say who you're talking about or is it a surprise? Yeah, come on up. Hey, she's going to come up and tell us. All right, yeah, let's go. <laughs> Yeah, give us the details. Details are this. We're studying the book of Ruth. So last month was lesson one. This is lesson two. So bring if you have a new living translation, bring it. And also the food items, pick one to bring. A soup, salad, dessert, or something to drink. And somebody ought to bring some ice, too. So anyway, it's going to be good stuff. No child care. Awesome. All right, very good. <laughs> Very good. All right, so ladies, 630. And then let's talk about Harvest Fest real quick. We are just a couple of weeks out from Harvest Fest. It's going to be on the 27th. And as you know, this is our main event of the whole year right here on the property. Uh, you know, we're expecting a few thousand people to show up. Uh, and so we need candy, candy, candy. Can somebody say candy? Say it again. Now say it one more time. 
All right, candy. Yeah, all right, we're getting it. So we need candy. Uh, we're filling 1,000 candy bags for the first 1,000 kids here, and we want to really bless them. And so back there at the info booth, we have the, the buckets. One is uh, for the children's side. One is for the teenager side. Amen. And so let's keep filling those up, and uh, whichever side brings in more candy is going to win the contest this year. And there's two buckets back there for uh, coins and money. Those are for a change war that they're doing, and the winner of that gets a pizza party uh, between the children and the teenagers. So let's keep bringing that in. And uh, we want to bless these kids. All right. And then we, um, they're going to be selling breakfast burritos. Uh, I believe, are those from Billy's Kitchen? Is that right? Okay. So Billy's Kitchen uh, here in town. Of course, Billy's one of our great church members. Uh, her restaurant is doing breakfast burritos and they've got a pre-order sign-up sheet back there. Uh, it's uh, $6, I think, for bacon burrito and seven dollars for bacon and sausage or something like that anyway who likes a good breakfast burrito come on come on all right this is barstow we know you do you love them you can't get enough of them and so here's the thing uh sign up for those and they'll get those here at the sunday morning service in a few weeks and all of that proceed will go to harvest fest all right well i think that's all the announcements for tonight so we're going to do our sunday evening tithes and offerings who knows what time it is Amen. Yeah, we get happy because God loves a cheerful giver, according to 2 Corinthians chapter 9. So if you need an envelope, go ahead and raise your hand, and the ushers will get one to you. And if you're giving online, you can go to hdwc.org slash giving. We're going to open our Bibles to Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse 18. Amen. Deuteronomy 8 and verse 18. Hallelujah. And I love this verse. This is a, a, a promise from God's word. So it, it gives us the uh, opportunity to obey him. And then when we obey, we know that there is a blessing involved in it. So Deuteronomy 8 and verse 18 in the New King James, it says, And you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth. And someone would say, you don't talk about wealth in church. We don't like that. Well, the Bible did. I'm just reading scripture. Hey, come on. And it says that he may establish his covenant, which he swore to your fathers as it is this day. Amen. And so it's telling us to remember the Lord our God. Well, how do you do that? And, you know, we always look at this verse and say, well, there's a lot of ways that you remember the Lord your God. But I would say that one definite way of remembering him is obeying his word. Amen. And so whenever we are faithful to bring in our tithe and, and give in an offering, we are remembering the Lord our God. We are obeying his word. And then it says he gives you the power to give wealth. Why is that? So you can have a bunch of fancy stuff and you can show off and flex on people? No. Why does he do it? That he may establish his covenant. Amen. And so he knows that when the people of God are blessed with finances, what do we do? We get the gospel out, man. Amen. We establish his covenant. We, we, we give a thousand kids in Barstow candy so we can preach the gospel to them and their parents. Amen. And so it is such a beautiful system that God set up for us. So let's remember him. Let's obey him tonight. And we know that he is establishing his covenant through us. Amen. Let's go ahead and stand up together. 
We're going to be speaking some faith over our finances here. And tonight, uh, my dad, Pastor, is uh, teaching on uh, finances again, part three of that, and showing you the a good godly biblical way on how to do a budget. Amen? And so it's a very practical, uh, very, very practical, relevant uh, message for us tonight. And we're going to learn some things out of it. Amen? All right. Let's go ahead and we will speak some words of faith over our giving. As we bring the Lord's tithe and give offerings today, we believe we receive jobs or better jobs, promotions, raises and bonuses, benefits, sales and commissions, growth in business, settlements, estates and inheritances, interest and income, rebates and returns, checks in the mail, gifts and surprises, finding money, bills paid off, debts paid off, royalties received, blessings and increase. Thank you, Lord, for meeting all of my financial needs so I have more than enough to take good care of my family, to give generously to the kingdom of God and promote the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Let's go. If you want, you can join us at the altar for worship and let's sing the Lord together. Every fear overtaken, every wall comes crashing down. I am free in your presence, whoa. You have lifted my burdens, you surround me with your grace, full of hope in your presence, whoa. And I, I can't stop singing about your love, I can't stop singing about your love, my heart is overcome. singing about your love for everything that you've done my heart is overcome I see the kingdom of heaven I pierce the dark within this light we're alive in your presence whoa won our salvation at the cross one sacrifice so secure in your presence and I I can't stop singing about your love I can't stop singing about your love my heart is overcome and I I can't stop singing about your love for everything that you've done my heart is overcome I see the kingdom of heaven I pierce the dark within this light we're alive in your presence Whoa. you have won our salvation the cross one sacrifice so secure in your presence Whoa. and I I can't stop singing about your love I can't stop singing about your love my heart is overcome 
your love for everything that you've done. My heart is overcome.
Father, I'm, I'm so glad to know that we can walk by faith, live by faith and not by sight. We don't see you for physical eyes, and we can't even feel you for our senses. But Lord, our hearts, our spirits, we know that your word says that our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost because you live in our spirit inside of our body. And we know that when we close our eyes, raise our hands, open our mouths, that we know we're not just talking into the air. We know that we're communicating with you because you're a spirit. And we know that when we fellowship with you, we sense your presence more in our midst. We know that when we fellowship with you around your word, then that's faith working. And faith pleases you. And faith changes things. Thank you tonight for your holy presence here. Thank you for spiritual eyes, spiritual ears being open tonight to hear what you have to say to every individual here and the ones watching out there on the Internet and the ones that will be watching this in the future. Lord, I pray that they see, hear, and know your plan for their financial life so they can do what your word says, prosper and be in health, even as their soul prospers. Thank you for all those things. In the name of Jesus, everybody said, Amen, Amen, Amen. amen. Hey, Colin, would you hand me my water? Thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hallelujah. It's going to be a good night. How, how many... Love all the time making so many payments on cars and things and stuff. You have no money left for food. How, how many love just have to pray for food this week and hoping you get something? How many love looking at your gas tank on empty, driving down the road and hope you can make it to get some gas in it? <laughs> I've lived there. I never loved it. <laughs> I don't live there anymore. I found how to get out of that. And I don't live there. As a Bible teacher, uh, the Lord wants me to teach you how to get to the place where you go to the store and shop. And you don't have to do all the price comparison unless you just want to. And when you, when you go to a restaurant to eat, you don't, you don't read, the, read the right side of the menu first. You read the left. That means you look what you really want, not what you can afford. 
Amen. I lived there. I didn't always live there. I learned what to do. But the, the, the fact of the matter is, the spiritual always determines the natural, good or bad. And we're going to be talking about money again, particularly about your finances and God's finances. How many know that your finances and God's finances should work together? He's the blesser, and he should have some, some say-so in how you spend your money. Amen. The Bible tells you what to do. I, I don't want to do a lot of really uh, talking before I get into what I want to do because I'm going to have Pastor Josh and Julie help us here in just a few minutes. They teach Financial Peace University here. And as Mrs. Pastor said today, not, not bragging on my son and his family, but testifying what Jesus has done. He, uh, he, he's done very well just working a regular job like everybody else. They've got their house paid off. He's 39 years old. And Julie's a little bit younger. They've got two cars that are fairly new. Uh, they got a van. They've got a regular car. Kept paying cash for both of them. And they do very well. That's not because they was born into a wealthy family. They was born to get into God's family. And they took to heart the word of God, what they hear. And, they, and they've sacrificed over the years. This is Pastor and I have sacrificed over the years to get the place to where we're not in debt. Where we pay cash for things. And we go to sleep at night, don't worry about, are we going to have lights in the morning? Don't worry about, are they going to send the truck out there and take our car? We've been down those roads, we didn't like it. And so the uh, the vision, the mission for High Desert Word Center that uh, the Lord gave me years and years ago was equipping God's people, God's families for victorious Christian living. Equipping you. That means teaching you, showing you, being role models, demonstrating, being examples. And here's how you do it, because the Apostle Paul said, we're to follow our spiritual leaders as they follow Christ. And so you need to follow people's examples that don't tell you how to lose all the time. Somebody that tells you how to win, and they actually show you they've got some wins under the belt. Amen, amen. So that's where we are. But today, this is going to be our third one in this financial series. And the series is God's plan for your finances. And tonight we're going to be talking about specifically a title, Make a Budget and Follow It. Make a Budget and Follow It. And uh, I'm, I'm going to be reading Proverbs 24, verse 3 and 4 out of the Living Bible. So it'll sound different than other ones. That was our key scripture we started with a couple of weeks ago. And in the King James Bible, basically what it said, God told how to build a house. He talked about wisdom understanding and knowledge and the wisdom we saw was having a plan to build the house you got to have something you can see you got to see the materials you need to build a house you got to know what kind of materials and you got to be able to have somebody knows how to put the house together and so that was the that's the overall plan that's what the house is going to look like when you look at the picture of the blueprints and then you got to have steps what to do and if you don't know the first step then you'll be able to have a messed up house because the foundation, foundation is very key. California, you know that because of earthquakes and everything else going on. If you don't have the right foundation, no matter how pretty it looks, how awesome it looks, if the foundation is not solid, then Jesus even told us in the book of Luke, he said, you build it on sand and it'll blow away. Build it on the rock and it'll go. And so we're talking about our financial foundation for the plan for our finances. If you don't have a good foundation 
for your financial plan. And then the third part of that is the knowledge part is acting on the knowledge you have. Be a doer of it. And so even if you got the plan, say, here's what I want my life to look at, like financially, and you take the first step, you get it started, but you got to keep on going, keep on working on it, because if you don't do those three things, plan, steps, action. And so then the Living Bible here says this is a little bit different for those same verses, and I like this. This has been a, a theme verse of my, really about my entire ministry. Uh, matter of fact, a man in Bible school back in 19, year Josh was born, 19, what was that, 1983. 1983, I'll never forget this. The guy taught this all the time out of the Living Bible. It's always stuck with me. And in critical times in pastoral leadership with staff, we went over these things to make sure we was on the right path for the church doing what we're supposed to do. But the Living Bible says this. Any enterprise is built by wise planning. Well, we're talking about your financial future, your financial success. Any enterprise is built by wise planning and becomes strong by common sense. By common sense. And I, I can't hit bunny trills, so many things I can say, but I want to stay up my notes so I can get these guys a minute. By common sense and profits wonderfully by keeping abreast of the facts. Built by wise planning. And I, I'm thinking about a commercial I saw on TV a few years ago. Not very many bunny trills, won't have them. I don't watch commercials anymore. I got direct TV and a fast forward. But anyway, did anybody ever see that Cranberry commercial where the floods out there, things messed up, and one guy's house was all gone, and he, the other guy's house stood, and this guy was out there drowning in these cranberries, and everything was gone. This guy said, hey, there's an insurance commercial. might have an insurance. He said, hey, what's your plan? And the guy's out there going down. He goes, does it look like i got a plan? That's how too many Christians are. Does it look like I got a plan? Money comes in, money goes out. Rich get richer, poor get poor. I'm poor. Well, I used to be poor too, but I didn't like it. So I got out of that. And so I learned these principles. And so a major reason most people get behind or don't pay their bills on time because they don't have a plan. And the plan's called a budget. A plan's called a budget. Somebody said, well, I don't have enough money to budget. Well, number one, you can have what you say because Jesus said you would. If you always say you don't have enough, guess what? You're proving the word of God works. You never have enough because you say you'll never have enough. You, you, you can make $10 an hour or $100 an hour, but if your heart believes you'll never have enough, you'll never make enough. Amen or oh me. Amen. Now, Proverbs 3.27, you can turn there or look at it on the screen. But we're talking about putting a budget together. And this, this is something that you need to think about. It says, withhold not good from them to whom it's due, what is it the power of thine hand to do it. It says, when you got the money to pay, you pay. And we're going to look at put the budget together a little bit, but I want to tell you something. If you're a Christian, now listen to me closely. If you're a Christian and you want to be blessed and you say you believe the Bible, he said right here, when you've got the money to pay your bills, you pay your bills. Amen. 
And last week, we talked about step number one in God's financial plan for every believer, every born-again Christian, every covenant person. Number one, Jesus said, seek you first, God, his way of doing things. And then God said very plainly, number one, he said, off your gross, you bring me 10%. So your first step when we go look at a budget a minute is not child support. It's not mortgage or rent. It's not car payment. Number one that you owe, first of all, is God. You owe him 10%. Then we played a really, really plain picture last week from the Bible in a few places, New Testament and Old, that that's the number one thing. At Malachi chapter 3, God said, you give me 10% off the top and the 90% has my blessing on it. And then he said, if you rob me, God called it robbing him. Malachi chapter 3 said, if you rob me, you're still living under the curse that's on the world financial system. And people sometimes, if they haven't been taught the Bible very much, they have no idea what you're talking about. But I can't go into deep detail now, but we taught it. The whole world's under a curse. The economic system, health system, social system, Everything has a curse on it. When we become born again, we leave the, we leave the kingdom of darkness, come into the kingdom of light. We step from the curse into the blessing world. But to activate the, the blessing on our life fully, God said, you might be covenant people, but you're still under a curse because you don't tithe. Amen. And you know, I'm not, I'm not talking to people probably that are afraid to tithe. Well, God didn't give you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. And based upon the Bible, not just me up here talking, based upon the Bible, the word of God that we've shown you and that you see, God's best is to tithe first. And how many know that when it comes to faith, you don't go by what you feel, you go by what the word of God says. Somebody said, well, I just don't believe I could do that. You're a believer. Start believing you can do that because the Bible says you can do it. God would not tell you to do something you can't do. And I, I want to I say again something I pointed out last week. Our financial plan or the house we're building, you know, if you look at a house, you see the blueprint, you know what it's going to look like when it's done. Well, what our house looks like when it's done, mark these two scriptures down because we talked about it last week. John 10.10 10, Part B in the Amplified Bible, Jesus said, I came that you might have and enjoy life. And then he said, in abundance to the full till it overflows. And every day, every day we should be heading towards that life where we're having an enjoying life. Amen. As a Christian, as a Christian preacher for years, I didn't like it. But I saw the unsaved guys and their kids doing all the things they wanted to do. I didn't like it. I, 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 I'm not against it, but I didn't like it when we had to believe God for hand-me-downs. Praise God for nice hand-me-downs and just believe for God for that. I like it a lot better now that we've got to the place that we can buy good stuff, that we can buy good stuff to give to other people too. You know what? I'm having to enjoy life. 
That's what we want our house to look like. And then write this verse down, 3 John 2. 3 John 2, he said, Beloved, above all things, he said, above all things, this is the Apostle John, above all things, I pray that you prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. So in other words, what we're saying is prosperity is more than just money, but it includes money. Because it's terrible to be a very wealthy person and have a incurable disease and you die with all your wealth <clears throat> and somebody gets it. Amen. And then it's be terrible to live to be a, a hundred years old and ever sick a day of your life and be a pauper every day of your life. But he said, I want you to prosper and be in health. And so God wants us, what our house looks like is we live long and strong, have more than enough. And then in the book of Psalms, he said, a good man leaves an inheritance to his grandchildren even. For us to live a long time and uh, for us to leave inheritance to our children right now at this, at this point in time and counting, we have eight children, all married, and then some of our children chose to follow us. We uh, had a bunch of children and we have children still having children. And I think right now we have 25, so we're still working on the inheritance part to uh, mom pointing at a belly. Is that 25? 25 is right there. And so, no, I, I, I'm serious. God did not say, leave it here to your children if you limit yourself to two children and then never get married. Amen. And so God wants us to be able to do those things. And so most people don't pay their bills on time because they don't have a plan. And then uh, they don't pay who must do when it's due. So if you blow your money, now listen to this. If you blow your money on eating out, entertainment, and things you don't need before you pay your bills, it's just a fact. God can't bless you how he wants to. He can't bless you how he wants to because you're violating a principle of the word of God. You pay your bills. Think about this. I don't think some Christians think about this. We have, we, we have several Christian business people in our church. And I've, I, I, I knew a man one time that was a really good friend of mine. He owned a lot of property, rented houses. He was a Christian. He tithed off his income from those houses. He gave in the mission, supported missionaries off those houses. Well, how would it be to have a good Christian live in that house there and think, well, I'd rather take my kids to Disney to pay my rent. Well, not only are you, are, are you doing wrong, you're hurting a Christian. And Jesus said, you did it for at least these my brethren, you did it unto me. I just want to talk to some of the people that are stupid with their money. I can't hit a bunny trail. But you got to think about it. If you were renting a house, would it make you feel real good if somebody kept telling you they can't pay the rent, yet you're finding out all the toys they're buying, all the places they're going? You know what? God's watching. He's watching you. And then you're praying to be blessed. Amen. We didn't even go to McDonald's for years. We didn't have any money to go. I remember back in the in the early 80s, they finally come out with a quarter ice cream cone. So about once a month, we had enough quarters to take the kids to get a quarter ice cream cone. Amen. We knew better to spend our money at McDonald's and not pay our bills. Been better preaching than you are shouting. We'll get back to Pastor Joshua in a minute. But anyway, I, I want you to look at Proverbs 8.12, another really good verse. And then I'm going to show you a simple 
way that we do our budget, Mrs. Pastor and I, then let Josh and Julie get into theirs. But uh, Proverbs 8, 12, and the reason I like to show a few verses, somebody in here, real loud, speak out Romans 10, 17. And those of you who couldn't do that, these people are doing that because they've heard it for years and they got it. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. And so the reason I share these verses, because you're hearing it. And because you're hearing it, you're getting faith. That you can put a plan together and pay your bills. I'm putting faith into you from the word of God. And the Holy Spirit will work with you to bring the plan to pass. He won't bring it to pass by himself. You've got to work with him. And he'll bring it to pass. And so wisdom here comes from a Hebrew word that, that, that means having a strategy. Having a strategy. And you need to research the Bible and need to learn what God's plan is for you with the Holy Spirit, how to customize it for you. So, so I meant prudence is the strategy part. That means having a detailed plan. Having a detailed plan. And if ice cream cones are not in the budget, don't go spending your light bill on ice cream. Don't go spending your uh, gas bill on ice cream. If you know how much gasoline you're going to need your tank this week, don't go down to, to Del Taco no matter how many Christians say, hey, we're going to Del Taco tonight. You want to go? Well, many times in the past I've said to my heart, yeah, I want to go, but I don't have the money to go. Unless the Lord has somebody bless me, then I won't go because I can't spend my gas money because I'm the pastor and i got to get to church this week. Is this helping anybody? you got to think ahead. you got to have a plan. So having a detailed plan at Webster's for that prudence means wise in the management of practical affairs, especially business matters. Listen to this. He says, I wisdom, the plan, says I dwell, I live with prudence, which means having that detailed plan and being wise in it, especially business matters. And so that's a few things there I want to lay the foundation with for tonight because we really want to show you the practical side of this. And I want to say this, write this verse down. Write this verse down. 1 Samuel 17, verse 38 to 40. 1 Samuel 17, verse 38 to 40. How many heard of King Saul, who was the king before King David? Well, how many heard of Goliath the giant? Okay, you know that David at that time was a shepherd. He was about, about like my grandson Joel or Isaac, one of them. They're back there somewhere. But anyways, like, like a young teenage boy, and here's this giant had all of Israel shaking in their boots. And so King Saul was, was a great big guy, and Goliath was a great bigger guy. Big, big, big giant killed a lot of people. And so that David, by the inspiration of the Holy Ghost, because he spent time with Jesus, said, I can take the giant. I'll take him down. And so then King Saul then said, here's my armor. Where's my armor? Well, his shield weighed more than David weighed. And his helmet. Everything else he had. So he tried to put him on David. David said, whoa. Said, I can't fight with this. Says, I got my own weapon. He got a sling out. He found five smooth stones. And all he did was went out there, the little kid, no armor on. His comfort zone was, I killed a lion this way. I killed a bear this way. And that giant that's defying the armies of Israel, I'll take him this way. 
He said, I haven't proved your weapons, King Saul. They work for you. They don't work for me. And so this way for this budget, here's what I want to tell you is this. Josh and Julie are really like most of you. They're tech people. They know how to use all kinds of spreadsheets, all kinds of things they do. I love my smartphone, and there's quite a few things I can do on it, but I can't do budgets on it. Why is that? Well, because I'm old and my way, mostly, I guess. But I have used something that's my sling and my five smooth stones, and we'll look at it up there in a minute. But it's a simple calendar. That's what I use. Why is that? I've proven that for over 50 years. I pay my bills on time. I know what's coming in. I know what's going out. And I know when it's due. And I pay early. That works for me. These guys here are going to show you what works for them and what will work for a lot of you. And But then, now listen to this. Everybody always says about everything in life, this is the best plan. This is the best way. What's well, the best plan for them because it works for them? I've got the best plan for us. It works. They've got the best plan for them. It works. And so as we show you some things tonight, I want you to think about this. Number one, you've got to pray and find out your plan. And that's the best plan for you because then when you find the plan's best for you, that'll be your comfort zone where you can use it. Let me turn the mic off. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Okay, we're getting ready to turn this over to them in just a second, but get what I'm saying one more time. They don't have the best plan. I don't have the best plan. They've got the plan. They've learned that they've got the anointing of God on that works for them. We've got the plan that we learned. We have God's anointing that works for us. And so you need to take the information you hear tonight. If you're not a person that budgets yet, you need to take a variation of what we're doing or maybe exactly what one of us is doing or something. You need to have a plan. If you don't have the plan, you're never going to succeed financially. Amen. And so what I want to show you that somebody failed to put on the screen. <laughs> is this. Now, if you've got a pair of binoculars, you can see this. Uh, see, see this up here? We're called a modern church. We have, we, we have, we have things we do called PowerPoints. And we have people that are responsible for doing the PowerPoints. But First John 1, 9 says we confess our sins. He forgives us. Okay. Okay. How many here get a church calendar every year we give out those calendars? This is a page off our church calendar. You see the little squares? <laughs> uh, if, you're, if you're nearsighted, you don't see the little squares. How many fingers am I holding up? <laughs> okay. Long story short, here's what I've done all my adult life, even before I was a Christian. That after, that after I've been a Christian, I've been serious about it for all my Christian life. On this calendar, every year on my calendar, at the start of the month for the year, I write down on day one what what is due that week. On day two, three, four, five, six, seven, on this calendar, 
If you saw it up there, I did part of it for your benefit. I wrote, we get, we get paid on the 1st and the 15th, and maybe some of you guys do too, or the 15th and the 30th. And so on day one, I wrote here, tithe. I don't have to ever write that on mine because that's didn't me so deep that I'd never even think about it, tithe. And so if you're going to have a budget, you got to know when you get paid, that money's deposited, what's due that week? I wrote tithe. And then under that, I write mortgage. And I write down the amount of the mortgage. And if you're renting, you write rent. And so you know when you get paid on the 30th, you look and think, okay, here's what's going on this week. Tithe, mortgage. And then as you go down through there, then you'll have when your electric bills due. And this one here, Mrs. Pastor, but on, on the 9th, electric's going to be due that week. And then water bill, gas. And then I, I have savings I've been coming out of my pay for long, 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 long time. And so every Friday, I have a certain amount of money goes into savings every Friday. And it builds up, it builds up, it builds up, it builds up. And then I, I have another account, too. I get a Teamsters pension. And so my Teamsters pension goes into another account. I don't even think about it. My Teamsters pension goes in there. And then because we travel a lot, we got eight kids, 25 grandkids, live around the nation. Well, when I go visit another state, my grandkids, I want to I want, I want blow to her $3,000 usually, sometimes more. But it never hurts me. I've got an account that goes into, that's in my budget, it stays there, that's my blow money. Then I got a savings account, that money goes into for projects. And so we just bought it, we just bought a fairly new car, paid cash for it, that was in that account. And so what happens, that's, that's on my calendars right there, the money goes into those accounts, and then if there's something going on that people want to know something, can I do? I look and see if it's in my budget. If I do it, if I can, I can. If I don't, I don't. But also one of those savings accounts I have in my emergency account. I keep pretty good money in that. And I never have an emergency I can't handle. It never hurts me. It never hurts me. But uh, Josh, you guys come on up here. I'll let you get into yours because I don't want to take any more time. But I want to say this. Because the financial climate changed, I basically shut off eating out a year ago. Because there's no way I'm going to start getting myself into financial problems again when I go someplace and pay $75 for us to eat when I used to pay 25 You know what? That'll destroy you. And so you need to get your budget. And that was my little thing, simple little candle. Uh, I'm like, David, this is my little slingshot and my five spoon stones. I track myself like this, stay light up, and I don't go into debt. Amen. Pastor, Pastor Dave's batting a thousand tonight. <laughs> forgot the PowerPoint and forgot to give me the microphone. <laughs> well, uh, I love everything Pastor said. The only thing that I that I have a slight correction on is that my way is actually the correct way for budgeting. So, um, so just make sure that you follow my budgeting methods. <laughs> um, Real quick, before, uh, like Pastor said, we're a word church. I have to read a scripture before I do anything. So, uh, look over at Luke 14, uh, and we'll flip down to verse 28. 
And I'll try to go quick so we don't put you to sleep with budget talk. Luke 14, and uh, I asked him to put it on the screen there too. Luke 14, and we'll read verses 28 through 30. Give you a second to flip there. All right. So let's go ahead. Verse uh, 28, Luke 14, it says, But don't begin until you count the cost. For who would begin construction of a building without first calculating the cost to see if there's enough money to finish it? Otherwise, you might complete. Uh, you might complete only the foundation before running out of money, and then everyone would laugh at you. They would say, there's the person who started that building and couldn't afford to finish it. So this is uh, uh, something Jesus said. So uh, what I'm taking from this verse is that Jesus says, uh, if you don't do a budget, that we're allowed to laugh at you. I don't know if that's the correct interpretation or not, but that's what I've that's what I took out of it. <laughs> you have to plan ahead or else you look ridiculous and people can make fun of you. Um, so, uh, I don't know. As I was thinking about my message, I actually thought, for some reason, Pastor was talking about an old stupid commercial that was running through his head. And uh, there was one that was running through my head <laughs> for some reason. Back uh, several years ago, there was a picture of this guy with his girlfriend in the tattoo shop. And he's going to show his... Lo- undying love to his girlfriend by getting her name donna tattooed right across his arm and so in the background of this uh commercial they're singing the song oh donna oh donna and he gets uh he's getting his girlfriend's name put on his arm there and then uh the tattoo artist is like now how much money did you have and he's like well i've got you know 45 bucks or whatever and he's like oh well it's 50 And so he stops right there, and then it cuts to this guy walking out of the tattoo shop with his girlfriend all mad at him. And all of a sudden, the band is singing, Oh, Don, Oh, Don. And he ran out of money, so his his arm says, I love Don. So he he forgot to budget for his tattoo. I don't know. I thought it was funny. (laughs) So... uh, There was a a recent poll uh, survey that showed that uh, only 30% of people actually do a monthly budget. And that's crazy. So 7 out of 10 people don't budget their money, and then they wonder why they don't have any. Um, So uh, I was thinking about it. What are some reasons that people don't budget? Uh, One reason might be people are afraid of what they'll find. I guess that's like the ostrich method of financial planning, where if you just stick your head in the ground and ignore it, that everything will end up being all right. Uh, But that method does not work. You have to budget. Uh, For other people, maybe budgeting has not worked for them in the past, and that's probably because they were using the wrong method and they weren't using my method. Just kidding. (laughs) But but like Pastor said, though, you have to find a method that works for you. You have to budget. for other people, maybe in the past, uh, someone has used the budget to abuse them. You know, like, no, you can't, you can't do this. It's not in the budget. It's not in the budget. Um, but budget should not be used for abuse. And a budget is used when you're married with your spouse to come together so you have a plan to work on your stuff together. Um, some people might think that, you know, it's a poverty mindset to do a budget. You know, we got plenty of money. Why should we have to do a budget? 
But no matter how much money you have, you have to do a budget. Um, there's been study after study like of like million people that win like the lottery. Within a couple years, they're bankrupt because it doesn't matter how much money you have. Uh, I don't have the statistics in front of me, but I've preached it before. There's like a ridiculous amount of NFL players within like two or three years of uh, retirement are completely bankrupt, and they made millions of dollars. It does not matter how much money you make. You have to do a budget. So I want to talk tonight uh, for just a couple of minutes. We won't go too long on how to budget. Um, and I'm going to ask my lovely assistant, my beautiful wife, Miss Julie. And so I'm pulling a fast one on dad. I'm actually not doing the fancy screen thing where I'm going to show you guys how to do it the old school way. And then we'll briefly talk about how to do it with um, I guess I could have helped her with that. <laughs> um, sorry about that. I'm going to show you how to do it on paper, and then I'll show you uh, how to do it uh, with your smartphone or whatever, too. So we're going to talk about how to budget. So first of all, your budget must be written down on paper, or you can also use your app or a spreadsheet or something. But a budget cannot be something that's in your head or something that's conceptual. You have to write it down. And the basic premise that we follow, a.k.a. the correct way, just kidding, uh, is that income minus expenses or income minus outgo must equal zero. And so the way this works, uh, we'll start real simple. Let's just pretend that you've got a teenager who uh, is mowing the lawn, and he, or out here we would say he's raking your sand, I guess. I don't know. And let's say he earns $100 from that. So let, what you're going to do is you're going to write that income amount at the top of the page. And then, this is before you've got the money in hand, you're going to take it and you're going to spend it. So, like Pastor said, the first thing is always tithe. So the tithe off of $100 would be, does anybody know? $10. So $10. So you spend $10, that leaves you with $90. And let's say that... uh he wants to put, this person wants to put $15 in their savings account. Like Pastor said, it's always a good thing to have a savings account, so we're going to take 15 So we'll put $15, and that leaves you with 70 Does someone, maybe we should have someone that can do math up here. <laughs> I was referring to myself, sorry, because she said she was just going to write down what I tell her. Um, but then since you're a teenager... You've got 75 bucks left. What are you going to do? You're probably going to, I don't know. If it was me when I was a kid, I would buy a video game. Yeah. I just actually bought a video game a couple days ago, and it cost me 50 bucks. So let's use that. 50 bucks. And so that leaves you with 25. And then, uh, I don't know. When I was a teenage kid, and if I had extra money, I was always wanting to go out to eat. So let's say... And, I'm, and I ate like a lot. I still eat like way more than I should. So let's just say that this is just for me as a teenage boy. I'm going out for tacos, and I'm super hungry. I'm going to spend that whole 25 bucks on tacos just for demonstration purposes and because I would probably spend $25 on tacos. And so you see what we've done there is we've got all the way down to zero. So we've spent all of the money on paper before a penny of it hit our hand. And this is how we need to do this is, works for kids, but it also works for our big boy and big girl spending too. And we'll get to that in a second. So 
We need to do a budget, and you need to budget for everything. If something is not written down in your budget, it does not get spent unless you first adjust your budget to account for it. So uh, if you're, um, let's say that your game was $60. So if your game is $60, you're going to have to switch that 50 to 60 And that means that you now only have $15 left for tacos. And so you're going to have to, I guess, dollar menu it or something to get that $15 worth of tacos. If something changes, you have to change the budget. It's not static. And so um, just to give a little bit more in depth of an example, let's take a look at maybe what like a real life budget might possibly look like. Um, Let's just go with a single person that makes $2,500 a month. That would be a minimum wage at 40 hours a week. That would put you at about $2,500 a month. And so let's go through this real quick. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Income, $2,500. And so what is the very first thing we put on our budget? Tithe. And the tithe off of $2,500 is $250. And I, I cheated and I did the math here, so we don't have to figure it out. Fine. Okay. Yes. So after you tithe, you would have $2,250, also known as a blessed 90%. And so say you want to put $200 in the savings. So let's do that. Savings, $200 would leave you with 2050 2050 and then let's put some food on there cuz we all like to eat <laughs> let's put $300 for a single person that ought to be enough to get you by through a month 1750 and then let's say utilities put $200 for a single one-bedroom apartment, you ought to be able to do that. $200. Uh, sorry, $200. Uh, that'd be $1,550. And then let's put rent on there. We'll put $800. And I did look. Uh, I did a very, very, very quick Google search before church, and I found a couple of apartments in town, one-bedroom, small, tiny apartments for $800. So it might be a little low, but I know that that's possible. Uh, so rent. That'd leave you 750. Then gas for your car. Let's put 250. Uh, 250 dollars. That would leave you with 500. And then uh, car insurance. I put 100 dollars. That would leave you with 400. And then your phone bill, 100. I'm just trying to show you real quick. Hopefully you don't get too bored. This is what. Like a single person, make a minimum wage could make off of this. Uh, phone bill, uh, TV bill, internet, hundred bucks. Uh, two more, two more. Uh, clothing. Put a hundred bucks for clothing, and then we'll put a hundred bucks for entertainment. Hanging out with your buddies or whatever. And that leaves you at zero. 
It's a little sloppy, sorry. I should have told her I had a bunch of stuff before. But this is an example of what someone making minimum wage could do if they were just to plan it out ahead of time. Now, like we said, tithes are always first. And that's why we put it at the top. Matthew 6.33 says, seek first the kingdom of God. There's lots of people that will tell us that uh, they can't afford to tithe. And I always tell those people that if you can't afford to tithe, it's because your budget's upside down. The tithes should be at the top. You don't wait till you get to the bottom and see what's left. You put the tithe at the top before anything else, and then you'll have money to tithe. So you have to tithe. And savings are similar. If you don't prioritize savings, you'll never have enough money to save because it'll slip right out the bottom. So you do tithe, savings, and then prioritize your four walls is what we call them. Your four walls would be food, shelter, transportation, and then basic clothing. Everything else is going to be secondary to making sure that you are able to eat basic food, not like going out to McDonald's like that said, but, you know, make sure you've at least got beans and rice to feed the kids um, and having a safe place to live. So this budget would not be correct if you had $300 in a credit card payment and only left yourself $5 to eat. And I've seen more people than you would care to see that that's how they do their budget when we come in to talk to them. I'm like, no, 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 no. If you starve to death and that credit card company ain't getting nothing. So if you owe credit cards or whatever, you do have to make sure that you can pay your bill, but don't do it at the expense of feeding your family. Feeding your family comes first. So food, shelter, transportation, and clothing, everything else is secondary to that. And so when you, do, when you need to do your budget is before you have the money in hand. So you need to do your budget before you get your paycheck. So ideally, you would do it before the first of the month when you get that first paycheck. Julie and I do ours uh, for the next month. So we do a month at a time. Before the first of the month, we have our budget set. And then if something changes, of course, we go back and adjust it. If the electric bill is a little bit more or a little bit less, then we adjust it. And then we'll adjust those categories like we showed you on that on the other one. But if you don't budget before you get your paycheck, the money tends to mysteriously disappear. It's happened to me and Julie plenty of times. And honestly, with us, it usually disappears eating tacos. I really like tacos. Thank you. <laughs> but John Maxwell, he's a famous uh, uh, leadership speaker. He said that a budget is simply telling your money where to go instead of asking where it went. So what you're doing is you're telling your, bud your money what to do instead of getting at the end of the month and you don't have enough to pay your rent. I'm wondering what happened to it. What you got to do is tell your money where to go instead of wondering where it went. So who needs to budget? Everyone needs to budget. Um, now, if you're married, uh, I put that the one who can actually add and subtract should be the one that prepares the budget. But you have to both be involved in it. It can't just be one person doing it and the other one. Uh, you'd be surprised how many people like uh They'll get, like, a, a spouse will pass away or something, and the other one has no clue how to pay their bills or do a budget or something. You both need to be involved. Um, if your spouse uh, is not involved in your budget, then they have no incentive to follow the budget themselves. You can't have one person that does the budget all by themselves. You both have to be involved. And uh, 
if you're single, you need to learn how to add and subtract so you can do the budget yourself. <laughs> but you do need to get an accountability partner to keep you on track to make sure that you're not doing something like putting all of your money, I don't know, putting all your money on food like Pastor was saying and not having any money to pay your rent or whatever. Your budget has to make sense. But once you learn how to make the budget, oh, uh, I was going to show you. Oh, yeah. I missed that part of my notes. Uh, this is the this is the basics of how to do a budget on paper, but Julie and I used to do it on paper. We don't do it on paper anymore. What we do is use, uh, we use an app now, and uh, I'm not going to sit there and explain the whole thing, but I'm going to have them in just a second play a video on this app. And the cool thing about this video is that uh, the plan that Julie and I have always followed uh, is Dave Ramsey's plan, and I, and I, so I got to thinking about it. The person who did this video uh, is Dave Ramsey's daughter, so I thought it was cool that I'm following my dad, uh, and Dave Ramsey's daughter is following him, and she's going to explain the app that Julie and I use for budgeting. It's a very, very short video. Can you guys play that video real quick? Turn it up nice and loud. Hey, guys. Rachel Cruz here, and I love helping people just like you learn how to budget. Today, I'm excited to show you my favorite budgeting tool, Every Dollar. It's an app designed to help you take control of your money. It's so simple to use, and it will change how you handle your finances for good. We'll cover specifics in other videos, but first, here's a quick look at some of the basic terms and features and how to use them. Every dollar is built on the concept of zero-based budgeting, where you give every dollar a job to do before the month begins. So your income minus your expenses always equals zero. It's not that complicated, but it does take some time to get used to it if you've never budgeted before, and that's okay. The very first thing in your budget is your income. This is any money you have earned throughout the month from your regular job, side hustle, or even money you get from your garage sale. When you plan out what you spend every month in your every dollar budget, then you'll use features like categories, line items, and transactions. Categories are groups of similar expenses for a given month. You'll have categories for housing, transportation, food, and clothing, just to name a few. Line items are where you'll plan for a specific expense. For example, in the housing category, you'll have a line item like rent, utilities, and your cable bill. Transactions are simply money coming in or out. You'll track your paychecks for money coming in and expenses for money going out. These will all go into a specific line item. Once you're ready to set up your first budget in every dollar, grab all your numbers from recent bills or bank statements and get started in about 30 minutes. Really, it's that fast and easy. Go to everydollar.com, create your account, and start budgeting today. And you can take your budget with you anywhere you go by downloading the EveryDollar app for iOS and Android. So um, that app is basically the app version of what we've got written down here. But I wanted you to see the concept of how it works on here. Um, but that app is what Julie and I use. And so it's real simple. You put same sort of thing. Put your income in and keep going until you get to zero. You have to do that or you will always find yourself running out of money if you don't budget. Um, the most important thing, though, once you've done your budget and you have to do a budget is that you have to actually follow the budget. <laughs> uh, James one twenty two says, 
Don't just listen to God's word. You have to do what it says. Otherwise, you're only fooling yourselves. So if we think back to that simple budget that we had earlier, if that person that made that uh, budgeted $25 for tacos, if they spend $50 on tacos, they're not going to have money to buy that game that they wanted. And then they're going to wonder why they didn't have enough money. If they, but if they followed their plan and spent $25 on tacos, they would still have $50 to spend on a game. Does that make sense to everybody? You have to follow the budget or it will not work. Um, if you ever have, uh, if you have questions on how to do budget, Julie and I sit down with people all the time and help them with their budgets. Uh, we try to do a class on finances once or twice a year. Usually it's once. Sometimes we try to do twice. We'll probably do one again in January, but it goes in deep and depth into all of this stuff. And I encourage everybody to attend that class. It's going to tell you a lot more about that, but do your budget. You have to account for every dollar, whether you use dad's method of just making sure you at least have a plan for what's coming out on what week or this where you make sure that you've got enough money for everything that's coming out. You have to have a plan. And I think that's all I've got. I don't know. Dad, were you going to turn it back over to dad? Amen. We want to help people. Hey, throw, throw this verse up on the screen for me. Proverbs 22, verse 6 and 7. Put that up on the screen so we can see it. Proverbs 22, verse 6 and 7. This will be a preview of next week. How many are learning something, seeing something, getting stirred about your life, about finances? Amen. Uh, I, I was thinking when I was praying today, did you know that you're our job security? As long as we have people that need help, God needs us to teach. Amen. And so we'll get you all helped, and then I'll send much more people to help them, because that's what we're here to do. But uh, these things we've been teaching so far on Sunday nights are getting things started. But next week, we're going to cross another line that probably affects a lot of you, because we used to be in a lot of your shoes. Proverbs 22.6, how many are familiar with this verse? Train up a child the way he should go, and when he's old, he'll not depart from it. Now, look at verse 7. Here's one thing you have to train your children in. The rich ruleth over the poor, and the borrower is servant to the lender. A lot of you guys are slaves right now because you are the borrowers. Probably 25 years ago, when the Lord was really getting my attention, teaching me about finances, I was in a certain chapter of the Bible, the Old Testament, and the Lord told me through the Word of God, and I'll show you next week, that His covenant people are supposed to be the lenders and not the borrowers. Well, that sounds really good, but when God talks to you and you hear Him, it changes you. He said to me very sternly, He said, What's the first step being the lender? I said, I don't know. He just said, real plainly, stop borrowing. I said, oh. So then when I'd see a baseball game, and they'd say, for everybody else, there is master card. And I'd say, no, you're not my master card. For everything else, there's Jesus. I would actually mute my TV when that commercial came on. I thought, I've got one master but the Word of God says that if you owe people money, they're your master. I did not like somebody telling me they own my house. I couldn't tell you I own my house. 
if I owned the mortgage company all the time. I did not like telling somebody, hey, that's my new car. How do you like it? It wasn't my new car. It was their car. They just let me drive their car till it was paid off. And that's when I started realizing, wait a minute. I'm not going to shop, shop for cars by how much the payment is. I'm going to shop for a car by how much I got to pay for the car. And then I go in, and they always try to get you to borrow anyway. I said, nope, here's what I'm given. Here's what I'm given. Here's what I'm given. If they don't like it, I leave to find somebody that will. Anyway, that's going to be next week or take you to another step. And on your budget, you're going to have to learn that charge cards and borrowing is a cuss word to you. And then I just know right now, Jesus perceived their thoughts when he was talking to people. I perceive your thoughts thinking, I could never live that way. Well, I used to live your way, and I quit living that way. I sleep better. I feel better. I got money. So make sure you come back next week, get a hold of this, because we're going to get you on the right track. You're going to be out of debt, and it's going to actually come the day, instead of praying, Lord, send somebody to bless me, you're going to say, Lord, send somebody that I can bless. We live that way, and you can too. Amen. Let's stand up. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. And uh, I'll say this. I don't know if we'll do this or not. Dave Ramsey does it. But I'll say this to you. Some of you need plastic surgery. You know what plastic surgery is? You take that card out, you go snip, 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 cut that card up, and get that out of your life. Amen. And I want to say it again, that this stuff, if you're really, really, really hurting really bad in the financial arena, God can get you out of there. And so don't let your mind tell you you can't do what the Bible says do because you can. Now we're going to pray for people. Come on, Mr. Pastor. And people up here to pray. And, you know, uh, we've all, we've all started somewhere in life that we don't want to stay. And if you need prayer right now, especially in the financial arena, if things are hitting you and you're just thinking, wow, 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 wow. Well, the Bible teaches very plainly that when holy men of God, women of God lay hands on people, there's a divine impartation takes place. And I want to say again, our hands are not magic wands. We are conduits for the anointing of God. We can pray and release anointing into your life to break that poverty, that bondage off of you. But if you don't quit doing what you did to get you there, everything we did was in vain. But when we pray, I can guarantee you things will begin to shift to the spiritual realm. And then as you begin to do things you're doing in the financial arena, all of a sudden on the inside of you, you'll hear that still small voice say, stop. You don't need that. Stop. Don't spend that. Stop. Put the brakes on. And when you do that, you watch what God starts doing in your life. There has to be a starting point. So if you want hands laid on you for a starting point tonight to get out of that cycle of uh, poverty, bondage, and not having enough, come up here. Let us pray with you. We'd like to do that. If you need prayer for anything else, of course, then come on up. But the main thing is our church is a praise, place of the anointing that loves Jesus and have one goal in mind to help people get born again 
and those that are born again to disciple them so they'll be strong. Amen. Amen.
devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus. Our affection, our devotion poured out on the feet of Jesus. Our affection, our devotion poured out on the Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one, our, our hearts adore. Jesus, we love you. Oh, how we love you. You are the one our, our hearts adore. Amen. All right. Well, we're going to go ahead and close things out today. Amen. Did anybody learn anything tonight? Amen. About finances and about budgeting and i know you know it may seem like not the deepest thing but what a very good practical and usable lesson for us and i know that if we're doers of the word god can bless us with that amen well let's go ahead and we're going to close in prayer and uh we'll do our barstow faith confession but remember we'll be here wednesday night at seven o'clock and we got harvest fest right around the corner so it's all hands on deck everybody helping out and it's going to be the best one yet amen let's go ahead and close in prayer tonight Father, in Jesus' name, we thank you, Lord, for what we've seen in the word of God this evening. And Lord, we thank you that it's true. Third John 2 tells us that you would wish above all things that we would prosper and be in health, even as our soul prospers. And so, Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that as we are growing spiritually and becoming strong and healthy in our faith and in our spirits, Lord, that you are blessing even our finances and our health. And we will be good stewards of what you've given us. Lord, and we will help uh, get the good news, the gospel out to all nations. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Can everybody say amen? Amen. All right. We're going to speak some words of faith over Barstow tonight. Hallelujah. We declare that Barstow is a blessed city. Our families are blessed. Our schools are blessed. Our churches are blessed. Barstow is healed. Barstow is prospering. Barstow is safe. Barstow is strong. Barstow is surrounded by the walls of God's salvation. Barstow is full of love, joy, and peace. Barstow is full of the glory of God. Barstow is coming to Jesus. Barstow is saved. In Jesus' name, amen. All right.